if you heard that. Do you oh, hear okay. that now? No, we're good. No, we can, no, we we're can good. hear this because we've me. been going live here, guys, and I'm right. sorry you're just getting this now, but he's given some incredible stuff that uh, I've stated in the past, and I think the way you just put it is beautiful. And you were saying that when you were 15 years old, you had these dreams, and then you got to the Olympia stage. Continue. Yeah, your so words. it's this idea of you're 15 years old or however old you are and you have this aspiration to get somewhere, right? Like I wanna make money or I wanna to get to the Olympia stage or I wanna be 300 pounds at 4% body fat, whatever it happens to be. You have some, some external goal outside of yourself and you spend all of these years stressing over the attainment of these goals. You finally, if you're very, very lucky, attain those goals, right? right. Not everyone gets to attain right. those goals, but many people do. And if you're very lucky, you attain those goals. But you realize oftentimes when you attain your goal, whether it be money or muscle or, or whatever is material, that anything that's outside of yourself, it's not what you think it's going to be, right? We all know, we both know hundreds of like millionaires, multi-millionaires, yep. who are not fulfilled. They get the money and they're like, oh, well, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Right. So now it's a matter of like, so all, your whole life, that spotlight is shining on that end result. You're like, I got to go there and I'm going to be happy at the top of the mountain, right? So you reach the top of this proverbial mountain then you look around and you go, oh, well, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. So now that the journey goes internal and it's the spiritual journey to realize like I'm after fulfillment. I'm not after these external things. I need to fulfill myself as a man and, and be more self-confident and, and um, develop character and all these these attributes i was gonna start this whole thing off and go okay let me just stay with the basics what you guys want to hear and it's a, um let's talk about nutrition let's talk about training and form and stuff but what you jumped into was something that's so much more meaningful to me and i hope we can get this across to them because your point was this similar to a story i said is like when i uh, won the uh, uh 97 universe again there's a picture on the wall. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so I won the universe, and, and my entire life was um, chasing things. Yeah. And, and I never lived in the moment. Chasing the external. And in 97 universe, I won the universe, and I went backstage, and I said to my training partners, oh, yeah, you know what we're going to do for next year? And at that moment, my, my brother that was there goes, are you serious? That was the fourth time you won it. At what point will you just live in the moment? And I'm sitting there going, well, no, no, I'm thinking about next year. And he's like, stop. Beautiful. Stop. Right. What is after, you know, what? And, 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 I, and I realized that night when I was going to bed, and I'm sitting there going, I didn't live in this for one second. No. I won the show. I went backstage and said, what's now. Next? What's next? Yeah. What's next? And, and, and as soon as I got to California, and and Joe Weider brought me down. It was okay. Who can I beat? Uh, who can I outlift? Sure. Uh, what show can I win? How many covers can I get? I mean, and it value, never stopped. There's value in that, right? That's very much the current way of society. There's value in, in achieving and accomplishment, right? But it'll never fulfill you, right? Nope. It's nice to beat everybody else and prove to yourself, like, oh, I'm all this confident person. But that's just the ego driving, and and ultimate fulfillment, as we both know now, comes in. How present can I be in this exact moment and appreciate those little things? And now that we both have kids, that makes you, or hopefully makes you present, right? Or forces you to be present because that was my, my slap in the face. It was like, oh, I have to actually start paying attention to these little humans because it goes by like that, as everyone says. Um, but presence is the goal, man. Presence is the goal. Like, how can I make this work out? So focused, so myopic on myself. I'm being the best version of myself right now. How can I face my... Uh, my negativity. How can I face my my laziness? How can I face the you know the necessity to be disciplined 
to be the best version of myself right now. I'm not worrying about tomorrow because tomorrow doesn't matter. Like, you know, we're not promised tomorrow. That, that's the, the, you know, the um, cliche, but that's the reality. You're getting killer stuff here. I've got to say, because it's, I learned uh, when I lost my uh, first pup, um, I got lucky and I, I got two dogs, uh, my first dogs, and he lived for 15 years, Bunny did. And when he passed, I'm like, wow, that was 15 years and it's over. Right. And it woke me up um, and it said, that was gone. And I'm a dog guy. And uh, before I had my baby nine weeks ago, and, uh, and I'm still a dog guy, but yeah. it woke me up to go, you gotta slow down at some point. And so I learned late in life, and I hope you guys uh, do this as youngsters and, and start living in the moments and the days. And you said something about, um, for me, training is that spiritual moment, that battle with myself that mm -hmm. I love. And I am so, more, uh, so much more present in my workouts in the last 10 years than I ever was. Right. And I gained more by of being more present. Instead of going you're in. able to take it further, each set further, rather than like being attached to how much do I have to do to make progress. As we said today, it's how little do I have to do with absolute focus and effort in the smallest amount of window to get the greatest amount of result. That's the ideal scenario, I, I feel, for a physique. 100%. Yeah. So I know this is outside the norm and it's not health and fitness, but it's life that it, is, man. it transfers to health and, and fitness. And everyone listening to this podcast trains. And if you don't use it as a daily opportunity to become the best version of yourself, you're missing out on something. It's not the daily version, not the daily opportunity to, to build muscle. That is the side effect, right? That's the side benefit. But the true benefit is the person you become in the process, right? And that's my great mentor, Jim Rohn, said that. He's like, don't set the goal to become a millionaire for the money. Set the goal for the person it makes you to become. And that's beauty. And that's the same muscle, man. Like, Michael Hearn doesn't become Michael Hearn for the money. Like, maybe you started for the muscle, but the man you become now is all those struggles you fought along the way, all the trophies on the wall, right? Like, the trophy is only a reminder of the struggle that it took to get there. It's, it, you know, the trophy is worth $7. Yeah. It's it. But the, the process, the ascension of the mountain is priceless, right? Yeah, who you become during the 12 weeks, the commitment you make, and, yeah. and those commitments help in everyday life. Right, building the confidence and the character and the discipline, all those things that people don't don't have. And that's why bodybuilders are sometimes revered as like, oh wow, they're big and strong. Well, they're big and strong because they put in the work and the discipline and they have the, the ability to not eat, cheat on the diet and to follow those things that everyone else can't do. Right. It's not that you can't do it, it's just that you, people haven't done it, right? Everyone can do it. it. Yeah. I know that we get carried away with uh, being a new father and everything, so let's, I want to stay focused on a couple different things because I, you are a form guy and we've both been, well, we both are strong guys yeah. um, and, and we were strong as youngsters yeah. and we've maintained that strength. Well, so that's what people don't get, right? It was like, at one point, I was like everybody else. I was just that guy who was, I mean, I had a chip on my shoulder because I, I attached to being a lazy kid. So when I started bodybuilding, like I was going to be known as the hardest working mofo that anybody's ever known, and I want to crush everybody. Right. And I would intentionally go out of my way to do that. So like I said, you know, I don't talk numbers, but very strong at a very young age. And what happened? Did I build muscle? Yeah, I built muscle. My strengths got very strong, and my weaknesses were very weak. And I would just train harder and harder and harder like that kid today at the gym. He's like, I do everything for back. I'm like, yeah, dude, I was there. I was doing five plate bent rows with strict form, what I believe to be strict form. Right. You know, I was doing 750 pound squats. I was doing 750 pound deadlifts for reps. And I wasn't growing. I was like, what's going on? You know, my, my, I was doing really heavy two plate um, uh, curls, no biceps. Why not? <laughs> really sore elbows, sore shoulders, no, no biceps. 
So I went down that path for years of like beating my head against the wall, like because everyone says you got to work harder, you got to do more, you need more volume, you need heavy compounds, right. you got to do the right. like uh, they do the basics, they do more often. Like fuck, I did everything, smashing my head against the wall. All I got was sore, sore, sore joints. Yeah, so that thankfully I was just lucky enough to find that mentor who said, "Hey man, why don't you try this?" He never said, "Hey, this is the way to do it," right. which is why just I try it. not to do that either. I said, "Hey, why don't you try this?" You know, and like. Oh, I, like I'll never tell somebody, hey, that you're wrong. Like it's not my job. Go if you're enjoying that, go do it. Like that's a big part of it. But what I like to do is just lead them down a path. Like, hey, what are you trying to do with that? Like I'm trying to build my lines. Oh, okay. Well, why don't you try it this way instead? Try it a little different. Yeah, and like, oh my gosh, I've never felt like that. So then they they discover it on their own. It has nothing to do with me, right? Yeah, but you're a good coach. You're a good coach, and and and, and I'm blessed to teach a lot of people. And you're paying attention to it and you're helping them. And we were training this morning and uh, uh, that young kid that just took second in the pro, mm -hmm. in the pro cow, beautiful body. I looked at his everything. physique out today. He looked great, man. He looked great. From the front. Um, and he did take second. Yeah. So, you know, that's a pro show. That's, yeah. uh, that's badass. Yeah. But he did something that I see a lot of people do. And that is uh, the whole listening, but wanting to respond to what you're saying. Um, well, because they have their belief for what the yeah. answer should be. And as you know, we just, I, I don't, I'm not going to fight you on it. Like, some people come for looking for answers, and some people come looking for affirmation that their answer is correct. Right. <laughs> so I'm not going to fight you on you it. You want to Yeah, when you're ready, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, right? So. Empty the cup, my friend. Bruce Lee, empty <laughs> yeah. the cup. Yeah. When it's too full and it's overflowing, I can't teach you anything. Yeah. And, uh, I know that Heath Evans went out and trained with you, came back and just was praising it. But I can see what you're doing and I see everything you're doing and I love what you're doing. Thanks, um, mostly because we've trained together. Yeah. We've butted heads um, on training that we love it because yeah. you and I are savages and friends, but we, we push each other in the training. Yeah. And all we're trying to say is, yes, strive to be better. Mostly because when I was going back to the earlier one, I won the, the, the universe again. That drive has kept me through my whole life. But if I could slow it down, and that's all I think I'm trying to say to you guys, and mostly when we're training, slow it down and understand that it's that day that matters. Um, it's not the show that's coming. The show, winning the show is not gonna change you much. Chasing all that. It's a $7 trophy, man. It's great for five minutes. And then you're like, what? It's, it's, like, it's like when you buy that new pair of shoes. Yeah. You're like God, these shoes are. You buy that new like trinket or whatever, or whatever it is, right? Like that car, like it's awesome. Or the girlfriend that you really like, I need to have that girl or whatever. You know, you get it, and then you're like, mm. it's the moments. <laughs> it's the moments <laughs> that it's cool, or the yeah. moments that you're with somebody. And I and I know yeah, that yeah. my 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 pup passed last year, and uh, it was the year I took living in the moment 100%. And she made me forced to live in the moment because I do my appearance. We'd get back on Sundays. And we shut everything off and shut the phone off and everything. And I'd take her for a swim. I'd take her for a walk. And those are the best days ever. Um, 10 times better than winning the universe or 10 times better than any of that. And then um, days when I'm holding my baby now, it's like just that moment of him smiling, my heart smiles. And I'm like, that's what matters. Yeah, I think bodybuilders, I'm sure deep down somewhere in there, there's something, some emotional issue that we're all fighting. And for the, I've never felt love in my life. I didn't know what it was until I had my children. Like I didn't know what it was. And then as soon as you feel that, you're like, 
This is amazing, right? And it completely shifts. Now you're not priority number one anymore. Like we talked about, right. you're going from one way down the list. <laughs> exactly. I'm like seven now. <laughs> but that's okay, man. <laughs> but that's okay, right? You know, we've had our, our moment in the sun. Now our goal is just to lift them up. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. And the biggest coaching we've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm doing my best to um, not coach right okay. like I'm doing my best to let them learn and experience and let them fall on their face and go that's a bad idea I'm just there to like if they're about to go over the edge I'm just gonna pull them back Good. a bit guide them a little my wife is very much and maybe not with Mona but like typically women are a little bit more uh, protective oh where's Mona let me just be clear Mona turned into a lion really? I'll walk into the, the baby's room and if he, if he's sleeping and Mona's handling this, so so I, I have no problems or qualms with this. I'll walk into the room, and if he's sleeping, she's like, "Get out!" And it's like the, 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 like deep voice, "Get out!" Well, she wants Whoa. the rest, right? Yeah, because like yeah. that's her that's her moment of like serenity. Yeah. yeah. So they do change. It's I love it. Oh, I for love sure. that but animalistic. I'm very protective, but yeah. I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm like, let them go, man. Let them figure. Even fighting, like, let them fight. They're gonna figure out where the line is. They have to figure out where the line is, right? Like it's important to realize, like. Oh, if I hit them over the head with this, they're going to hit me back, or I'm going to get in trouble, or they're going to be injured. You know, you have to you have to learn those things. And I think a lot of parents uh, prevent their kids from doing that stuff. Canadian. Uh, I'm going to learn. Canadian? Would you hear it? Hey. <laughs> 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 hey. Um, you. We talked about form, and and we talked about when we were younger. We just get in there. We want more weight than the next guy, more reps than the next guy. And my first training partner was Tom Plaz in California. My first training partner was Tom Plaz. It's um, terrible. Yeah, right. That's, oh. just, that's the bar. Like, like, yeah. It's like, say, I trained with Dorian to begin with, and then everybody right? says, I must retire. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, and Tom and I would do three, three and a half hour workouts, and we would just go, and we'd do four strokes. We'd do drop sets. We'd do heavy. We'd do light. We'd do everything. Dude, I wish I was there. What would we say... What would you say to the young self that went in there thinking, well, if five days is good, let me go six. If six days is good, let's go seven. If one workout a day is good, let's go two workouts a day. If the arms aren't growing, let's double it. At that age, I think it's great. So there's two things that I think need to go into building a great physique. And ladies, if there's ladies watching, I apologize. But first, you need to learn the skill. And then you need to, so you need to build the skill, right? I need to build the ability to do the exercise. And then you need to build your balls. Because both of those okay. are necessities. Mona has my balls. Right, right. So, so, so back. get them back right. at some point. Okay. Right. So, I mean, there's no doubt that going beyond what you think is physically or mentally capable is a part of the process. But first, got to be guiding that ship in the right direction, okay. right? Like running faster and faster in the wrong direction is not going to get you where you want to go. We have to first steer the ship with perfect execution of the skill. And then there's value. Dude, I've done the craziest, stupidest workouts, and I don't take those away like I think those are valuable I would train with anybody and still I will like you know uh, during my career I would have gone with anybody at any time going to go three times today no problem like I said this morning if you would have texted me this morning and said, hey, said legs, legs again I, I did legs yesterday like, of course I'll do legs today. why wouldn't I do legs today <laughs> we're sick to work out with my why wouldn't I you know what I mean uh, so I, I would do that because that's why not I don't do right. it for it's not about just about the muscle sometimes it's got to be about just like hey I need to build my balls and that's just obviously my way of Part saying, of you got to get strong, man. You, mentally, it's not about the body. It's all about the mind. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I um, I have slowed down movements. Um, I have changed form. I have put myself in weak positions yeah. to make it stronger. That's it, man. I strong have, as uh, 
I believe that it's the range of motion for me. If I can keep that complete range of motion, I can keep doing this for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. um, and then I loved that after 41 years of lifting, 41 years, that we did some back contraction today that you taught me, that I learned from you today after 41 years of doing this. So I just want to put that out there that Thanks, after man. 41 years and, and being a leader in this industry since 1987, I've been in the magazine. So I've been at the pinnacle, the, the, the top of the hill since 1987. And I learned something today that I never learned before. So Thanks, man. Um, I love it. I'm a student of it, and I just I'm blessed to have great coaches, man. To have great guys who taught me, like, hey, man, you're thinking about this the wrong way, and then they they send you down the path to, to discover yourself. And that's all. You just have to leave the, the door open. Yeah. To no, I don't know how to do this. Right. Like, no matter how good you are, like, I don't think I know everything. I'm nowhere close to that. So, no matter how good you are at something, there's still something to be learned yep. always, and the way to improve. I love that. I love that we did that. Let me ask you this, if, if you can wrap this up. Um, and we talked about, you guys know my approach that I'm not going to give you a window left open so you can kick it in and make it a door and then you just go off and go, well, Mike said, no, I didn't. <laughs> I'm pretty closed on, on a lot of this stuff. That way you guys don't try to misinstrue something. I said something earlier and I said, um, nutrition is everything. And you said, well, no, it's nutrition, training, sleeping, eating, and all this. Yeah, and, I, have, and, and I have what I call my six pillars of a lean, healthy, and muscular physique. And I think, I don't think they have equal weight, but I think they all play in, right? So I like how you said it because I shut people down that way they don't misinstrue what I said. Right, but like you said, man, if I eat chicken and broccoli um, and I'm in a really, really stressed state, like I'm, I'm you know, panicking and I'm anxious and I'm depressed and I'm angry, whatever, and I'm eating like just chicken and broccoli compared to eating donuts and pizza and a, with a big fucking smile on my face, which is going to be, which is going to have a better response in your body? I would argue it may actually be the donuts and pizza. Right? Like if you have this big blissful smile and you're so happy and you're in a loving relationship and you're in a great place, that's a better place to so be than, than angrily shoving so chicken So you're basically saying angry. Mona and Heath eat correctly. <laughs> right. And they live correctly. Because <laughs> they're always happy. Yeah. And they I eat their donuts. Think, you know, I think it's a big part of it. If you're someone who has to you know, reluctantly and regrettably shove healthy food into your mouth, don't do it, man. So let me jump there because this is something I always say and everybody's uh, on me about waking up at 3 in the morning and it's worked for me and I've done this since I had a paper route at 9, 10, 11 years old. Uh, I love early mornings and I wake up without an alarm clock and I love getting up and training. So my question is, um, same kind of principle, I get six hours a night. That's not recommended. It's seven, seven and a half is recommended. Eight hours before you, before you respond yeah. on this. Hold up. Then you get the guy that sleeps 10 hours, that wakes up with an alarm clock, that hates his life, doesn't want to go to his job, um, may work out later in the day, but sure. if he's stressed out already, forget it, not this time. Who's growing, who's not growing? Is right. it me that's getting six hours and then loving life and happy and wake up and I want to train? Or the guy getting 10 hours, which is 10 times better than what I'm doing, yeah, but, but then hating it, life. It just because time in bed doesn't necessarily equate to quality, just like training, right? That's what I want them to do. So it's talk like, about. hey, deep sleep and REM sleep. If, if you're asleep in six hours and you're getting three hours of deep and three hours of REM or right close to it, 
those are going to be the most impactful sleep. So someone, you know, I, we, I know people who sleep nine and a half hours a night who get zero deep sleep. So they get to bed, they're anxious, they're stressed, they, they have a hard time falling asleep, their brain's spinning, you know, they're, they're always... Do you want to explain very, to them that, that yeah. you just did a course and a, a lot of study in the last six months about this topic itself? Yeah, the autonomic nervous system has kind of been my area of fascination and uh, looking at heart rate variability and how that is implicated in how the body uses nutrients. So if, um, you know, heart rate variability is basically this measure of the variability between the time and the heart rate, the time and the amplitude. So um, if I, let's say, here's, here's the best way to think about this. If I go, if I take a really deep breath and I go, in theory, my, my heart rate should increase like, you know, that kind of response, right? My heart rate should go up and respond to the stress around me. So my heart rate goes up versus if I go, a slow exhalation, my heart rate should come way down. Yeah. So the responsiveness of your of your nervous system is how that's kind of measured, right? So if I'm if I'm very healthy and my heart rate is very responsive, it'll go up really high when I go because <gasps> I want to have that ability to react. I want to have that ability to be stressed. Your body mobilizes energy to, to run away from a lion or to fight a bear, right? Versus if I go in one breath, my body should be into this parasympathetically dominant rest and digest state in one breath. So the, the Russian cosmonaut program shows a divergence from 90 beats uh, if I go with one breath up to 40 beats if I go one breath down. Oh, like there's a huge, huge fluctuation. So it's, it's this ability for your nervous system to respond. And if I'm always in this kind of elevated state of this really short breath, which what most, most people live, your body's never ready to digest and rest and actually recover. So how do we start to implement or to affect that? We have to implement, um, you know, parasympathetic activities, things that are calming, things that are, are um, rejuvenating, things that are fulfilling to us, relationships and being outside and being with the beach or being on the beach and being in the sun, like things that are, you know, being with your children, um, things that are going to be more calming and like yin and more um, rejuvenating. And that's, you know, putting your, putting food into a state that is, stressed which is where everybody is is not as not no. effective here's a very simple fact um, in 2018 the resident respiration rate so the number of times you breathe per minute on average right. is between 17 and 19 breaths per minute that's what we're breathing now on average so a healthy person will be in the range of like 10 to 12. in 1920 on average it was five to six beats, uh, breaths per minute. That's a hundred years ago. We've almost tripled wow. the number of breaths per minute. That's like military data, right? So what happens to our ability to digest? What happens to our ability to sleep? So what has happened since then to now that changed that? Electricity. You, really? You, well, yeah, EMF and, and obviously cars and like and pollution and things that are just like, your, our lifestyles are just stressful. Think what they would have done back then, right? It would have been life on a farm. Yeah. Like you wake up when you wake up, probably early. But maybe you take a midday nap, it's very calming, you're going at your own pace, there's nothing that's, then you're always outside. Right. So there's no real necessity to get stressed or panicked. And the Instagram started in what, 1921? Yeah, I see your point though. Yeah, yeah. It's so. Much more stressful, no, no trolls back then. It was a little bit more relaxed. Yeah, and no cars, man. Like, dude, you can't, you can't refute. Even if you're a great driver driving the nicest car in the world, it's still stressful to be in a car because yeah. you never know which a-hole is going to cut you off. Right. You never know when you're you're in a rush, like you're going 100 miles an hour on the highway. Like, dude, that's stressful, yeah, you know, consciously see. or not. And Mona's from New York, so that just yeah, that, yeah. that heightens it for me. There's always somebody pissed off at you for something in New York, right? <laughs> yeah. I'll catch you for something. For sure. Yeah, loud noises are going to be stressful. Fast pace is going to be stressful. So your eyes are very responsive to stress. So anything that you're really focused on increases your stress. So your recommendation for them on sleep. Yeah. Test it. 
I would test it, yeah. So I use an order ring every okay. day, and I love the order ring, man. Um, you know, huge advocate of the order ring, um, showing your deep sleep, your REM sleep. And, and if you wake up rested and you feel great, you're fine. If you wake up feeling like crap, you have to take some interventions. And the biggest thing to, to change for sleep is light, light exposure. So our brains are and our, and our cells and our body are all responsive to the circadian rhythm, which is regulated by light. Okay. Uh, predominantly light. It's influenced by light sleep exercise. Um, so if go further on that, so the light is yeah. So your eyes and all the cells in your body have uh, are transcribing um, DNA based on the environment, right? So okay. if I, my brain senses or my light sense, my eyes sense light through my retina into my what's called my suprachiasmatic nucleus in my brain, it tells my brain what time of the day it is. So if I go outside in the morning, I get a lot of blue light in my eyes because the light is very, very bright in the morning. My brain goes, oh, it's time to wake up. My, my body starts releasing cortisol to start waking me up. At the end of the day, the sun's coming down. There should be no blue light. Usually it's a more of a pink, right? So the, the pink light starts to initiate this well, absence of blue. Melatonin starts being released to prepare us for sleep. Like, but when we're inside now, we're getting blue light artificially, right? So through the TV, through the phone, through the computer, and through like LEDs. So if, in, if you're looking to optimize sleep three hours before bed, you change the blue light to a yellow light. Blue, yellow, okay. orange, like red, those things are gonna be much more, uh, much less impactful on okay. sleep. So three hours before you cut out the TV, you cut out the phone, you cut out the computer, you turn the blue lights off, your sleep will go through the roof. It's a huge difference. I love that. Huge. Yeah. I love that. Um, you good, Mo? We're gonna finish this up with uh, one last thing. Mike, we're gonna talk about bench presses, man. What's up? <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> Um, let's talk about uh, contraction, range of motion. Yeah. Um, so I believe every muscle should go through its full length. Uh, okay. Lengthening, shortening cycle, right? Well, so I'm taking muscle through its full length. Isn't the, range the big thing shortening. right now to uh, shorten the movements and make it more pump? And um, I see I guys not. doing bicep curls and they do it on a bench where they're just lifting it halfway. And this is the way to get arms. Maybe the 21s. Yeah, 21s or like oh. side laterals, but just like this. I don't know, man. Uh, if, if that is the big thing, I'm not seeing not it. not familiar it's with not it? It's not in my gym. Ah, you got to follow more Instagram trainers. Yeah, These right. guys got this down. Yeah. So you're a full range. Because we train together, and right. there's some things you can do full range, and there's some things you can't. Um, his legs are so big, and I still think he cheated on squats because... When his hamstring touches his calf, <laughs> see, there's a, this whole... It's true. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. But you're, you're a terrible human like I'm sorry. His, <laughs> his range is incredible. And, and your range was incredible regardless of how big you were. And you were a 300-pound cat, and you walked on stage. At what, what was your weights on stage? Ripped my, to the my, bone. My biggest was 287 or something. On stage? Yeah. Okay, so my biggest is, is bulky. Like... I'm walking around 285, something like that. So he was ripped to the bone at that. And he still had such a beautiful range of motion um, and controlled the weights. Because uh, I've seen you do the, the 600 squat, front squat, sorry. Sure. Front. Front. That's not, I'm not messing well, that I, up. So we, I don't know if you remember this, man. The day after the, the Flex Pro Show, I said, hey, Mike, you remember this? I said, Mike, what are you training tomorrow? He said, legs. I said, okay, whatever you back squat, I'm going to front squat. Do you remember that? And I don't know that I actually did that. I think you did more on back squats, but I try to keep up. And that's why I did the six-way front squat. That was the day after the flex, bro. I should have got that on film. Yeah. So he competed, did that. We trained. Um, you're savage. But the range of motion, um, you're still a pup. How old are you now? 38. 
38. You see, you're still a pup and you're learning all this kind of stuff. I didn't learn this stuff until my 40s and that was back in 1950. So, <laughs> you know, there's so much. Mike's actually I, a vampire. <laughs> I am. Why do I date a girl from Transylvania? <laughs> <laughs> there's stuff that you've learned uh, in the last five, six years. And I think we did, our, we, we're both similar on the change of who we were. You said about six, seven years ago, you became a different person. 2012, man. It was it was, like, you knew it. Oh, yeah. As soon as my kids were born. I couldn't be the same 2012. man. 2012. Couldn't be the same man. And then my daughter. So my, my, my son was like a nudge. Right. My daughter was like a punch in the mouth. Okay. Yeah. So because okay. my, my son, like, I was like, oh, it's a boy. I, you know, he's going to be my little buddy and we're going to have fun. And, you know, like, oh, it's going to be amazing. And we do all the same things together. And your daughter came and you're like, I'm not really sure what to do with this little human, but my heart feels really, really different right now. Um, yeah, we didn't know it was coming, so it was, it was like this, I mean, we, we knew she was pregnant, but we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. Right. And the whole time, like, boy, for sure, like, we're going to play baseball, we're going to do some bodybuilding, he's going to be my deadlifting partner. Oh. And my daughter comes, and I was like, what am I going to do with her? <laughs> I guess I'm going to learn how to dance. Um, yeah, so it was... You were uh, 32. Yeah. You were 32, yeah. which is a great age to really go, okay, I need to change... The protocol, the way I think, totally. the way I do it. And so I when I started bodybuilding, I told myself I was going to retire at 35. Okay. And I stuck with that. And, I, you know, I hoped to have won three Olympias by that point. But um, I told myself, man, 35, I'm done. Because in bodybuilding, man, we have to admit that it's, one, I'm really heavy. Two, I'm obviously doing things that are um, not the most healthy thing in the world. So um, I was like, man, five, 35, that. I'm done. Right. Like, there's no right. way. Right. Um, I'm not going to keep doing this shit. Like, I, I don't value a trophy that much. Like, you know, and I, and I asked myself the question, like, if, you know, could I have won a Mr. Olympia? I still believe I could have had I, you know, kept going as myopically as I was. It doesn't matter. But I asked myself, would you be happy to win an Olympia and to and tell your, have your kids say you're a terrible dad or you're a piece of shit? And, and you know the answer to that. Like, I do now. Fuck no, I man. I do now. Like, no, nothing, nothing in the world is worth your kids going, you know. Like, I have, I have trophies off to the side here, and, and it's, uh, the Masters Martial Arts Hall of Fame. Uh, it's a bodybuilding Hall of Fame and then universe and all this kind of stuff. And then I got a picture of my son over here, which is by tenfold the best trophy up there in the world. Dude, only Everything else, it doesn't matter. It's just decoration. Yeah. So I just want them to know they're loved unconditionally. Nothing they can ever do would be, would make me not love them, you know? And that's, how do I show that if I'm putting my workouts in front of them, right? So. No, man. I told you, my value system is like at the top of it. it has to be family. And even going on trips like this, yeah. I want to correlate this to something because I, I, I don't want to sit here and preach that we're, we're going to be these great parents. We're trying to be good people. Yeah. And I think when it comes to weightlifting, when we talk about weightlifting, and these trophies are cool, and, and I'm glad I got them. And I, I know you're glad you got your trophies and you did what you oh, did. Yeah. But that just builds the character that you are. And I was trying to say this earlier that we know a lot of guys that win the universe or win the America or, or uh, win championships and in all styles of whatever it is, martial arts and stuff. There's a small few that continue on after the fact. And those small few, it comes back to the mindset that it's not bodybuilding didn't make you who you are. You are bigger than bodybuilding. You're creating something that people go, I want to follow you. I want to learn from you the way you teach and the way you live it's i got people in my life like that that's it's not uh, the todd abrams from icon right. it, it's the way he is as a person and a father right. makes me value him not that his company cool. is or or you teaching people makes me go that I, I can talk to you and i respect your philosophy behind it but it's you as a person that makes it bigger 
And if I can kind of correlate that you being a parent and being the best you can, it's just you trying to be a good person, which I so freaking love. So we talked about schooling kids, right? I'm homeschooling and people go, well, how are you following a curriculum? I'm like, no. Like, what are you trying to teach them? I'm trying to teach them to be good human beings first. Because if you have a good human being, and like if you, if you had two job applications in front of you, two resumes in front of you, and one was this person who's like stacked as far as their credentials and their education, everything, and this person is just really motivated, they're a good human being. If they have no experience, or if they, if they have no education, but they're just an amazing, well-driven, well-rounded human being, I'm hiring this person every time. Because I can give them something and go, you have no idea how to do this, but I know you're a great human being who has integrity, you're going to figure it out. Whereas if I have to work with an asshole who's got credentials, I'm not doing that. So like I, I, my, my foundation of education is like how do we teach them to be thoughtful and caring and, and if they say something they're going to do it so they have integrity. Like that's what I teach first and then after that we're going to teach them out. Like they're, very, they're brilliant kids right already but that's not because I shove it in their throat and say you have to do it. It's like what do you want to do today? You know so like letting them have choice and empowering them a little bit um, has been a great way to. Huge thing. Yeah man. Been great. So. You give me. That's it for now. I'm going to come out and hang with you in Florida. Get some training in. You like that she loves the sun. If you guys don't know, Mona's behind here and she loves the sun. And I'm a snow guy. I'm from Washington State. I want to ski and be in the cold. So my wife likes the, the sun. So why don't you guys stay in Florida? Mike and I will go do some hunting and some skiing and stuff. And there we go. <laughs> We're taking the kids, though. <laughs> yeah, we take the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out, yeah, man. Dude, my pleasure, man. I love it. I love it. That's it, boys. I'll give you all the info to follow this man. Genius, in my opinion. Um, one of the few guys that I can talk to about philosophy of training, and uh, it's so much more than just being strong and muscular.